2020 has been a year that we would never forget. When we consider 2020, I want you to think, what comes to your mind? There are a lot of things that people have put on uh, social media platforms, different memes. As many have said, they wish season two would hurry up and start. But I want you to think of 2020, and I want you to think of all the different things that we have been through. And I want you to think, who would have thought this would have happened? Who would have thought basically the whole world would ever be on a lockdown? Who would have thought we would be having virtual weddings because people can't attend in person? Who would have thought we'd been having virtual graduations or even drive-through graduations? No one could have predicted at the beginning of 2020 that we would not be able to come here today except watching online because no one could have even imagined this would happen. No one would have thought we'd be wearing masks everywhere we go. That is, none of us would know this. But there is one who knew this, and God knew all about it. And this didn't catch him by surprise. As I think of the year so far, that is all that I can hold on to, and I'm sure many watching this morning, this is what we can hold on to. As much as these unpredictable times mentioned earlier, we now face the new realities of life. As we watch TV or read the newspaper, we continue to see more and more bad news. Things such as many losing their jobs, the uncertainty of the economy, the uncertainty of the tourism sector, the uncertainty of the new school year, the uncertainty of life going forward. We can dwell on these things, but if we dwell on they can make us sick and make us worry. But let us not forget we serve a God that is still on the throne and is still in control, and that is all that we need. I wonder how many have said that during times like this. As I think of my own life, as I think of going through these times, I've thought to myself more and more, how do people live without the hope of having a relationship with Jesus Christ during times like this? Many have said these are the signs that the world is coming to an end. But I want to tell you that people were saying this for many years. As we look out through history, we see many times that people said that this is, this is what's happening, that the world is coming to an end. But I want to tell you this morning that no matter what we're going through, this catches God by no surprise. And we understand that we have an anchor that we can hold to in Jesus Christ because of what he has done for us. You see, when we go through rough times like this, many people turn to the book of Psalms because it brings comfort and the words bring hope for times of trouble. And this morning, we want to look at a very familiar psalm, but I think it is needed at such a time as this as a reminder for us. Even this morning, as I look inside this um, place, one of the verses is on your wall, as we need to remember that we need to just be still and know that he is God. But before we look at Psalm 46, I want to just understand that, that, that as we think of the context here, many scholars believe that the psalm was written when King Hezekiah of Judah was surrounded by the army of Sennacherib, king of Assyria. Forty-six towns and villages in Judah had been sacked. Over 200,000 residents had been taken captive along with many people. At least 185,000 troops surrounded Jerusalem, and it looked like only a matter of time before the city would fall. But proud Sennacherib did not reckon with the fact that Hezekiah's God is the living God who will not be mocked. Hezekiah prayed. God spoke. 
And in one night, the angel of the Lord defeated Sennacherib by killing 185,000 of his soldiers. We see this in 2 Kings 18 and 19 and 2 Chronicles 32. In the life of the great reformer Martin Luther, many would know that he spent a lot of time studying the books of Romans and Galatians. Even though these were probably the two books that Luther referred to the most, let us not forget that Psalm 46 became an instrumental part of the church, of the, of the life of the church. And as Luther would join them together to sing the psalm, this is where we get the great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And may, as we look at this psalm, this one, that we would be encouraged, that we would recognize that we do not have to go through this alone. That we have a God who is our refuge and our strength and our very present help in time of need. As we know, the psalm is broken down in three stanzas, but this morning I want to look at four ways that we can hold on to the anchor. And the first point is this, God is our protection. Psalm 46, 1 to 3 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear through the earth gives away, through the mountains be moved in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. The fact that God is our refuge and strength does not mean that we are immune from trouble and problems. You see, the abundant life is not a trouble-free life. We need to be clear on this because there are many false teachers today who proclaim that if a person does not have enough faith, that we should all have prosperity and wealth to our lives. Jesus promised to answer the prayer of faith. All that stands between you is material prosperity and physical health is your lack of faith. Confess it as your faith and it's yours, according to this heresy. You see, as I read scripture, we see it completely different as a believer. When we come to know Christ as our personal Savior, we know that trials and tribulations will come through to us. But we need to recognize that those, those trials and tribulations come, we have a God that is with us, a God that sees us through, a God that we can turn to. You see, the psalm is clear that trouble is coming. And it is here because we live in a fallen world. A refuge is a shelter that we can run to and know that we are secure. And I know this hits us at home because as we think of the hurricane season, we hear about all the different shelters that people can go to. And when we think of these shelters, we need to recognize that we would hope that the shelter holds up if we had to flee. But let us know for sure this one that we have a shelter, we have a refuge in God that we know will hold up no matter what. No matter what the storms of life bring to us, we have a God that we can turn to no matter what. He is our refuge and strength. And we don't have to be worried whether or not that's going to hold up because we know He will hold up. And He will continue to hold up no matter what. Because He is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. You see, I remember when I was in school, we would have the time where the teacher would take attendance and you would either say here, but if you wanted to sound sophisticated or you wanted to be funny in class, you would say maybe present. And when I think of that, I think of how God is telling us today, he is present with us, he is here. We don't have to never worry about him being absent. He is always with us and he is going to see us through these times in 2020. He's going to see us through all the storms of life that we go through. He is our protection. You see, we have to remember that 2020 did not catch God by surprise. And God knows what you are going through. And we must know that we don't have to go through it alone. He is with us and we can run to the refuge and find strength that only he can supply. 
Verse 2 basically can be summed up. Do not fear as the whole world around you is crumbling because I am with you. A picture is painted here as we think of a mountain. We look at these as almost indestructible. But the psalmist is saying that even when these have shifted, our God is still our refuge and strength. So you need not to be afraid as the world around us changes and crumbles. Our God remains the same. You see, in the midst of chaos, he's still the same, and he is there with us. In the song that many have heard, it's called Waymaker. It has a tag, and it says this, Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. You never stop working. I think we need to remember this because there are many people that teach our relationship with God is a feeling. But we need to understand that our relationship with God is more than a feeling. I mean, it doesn't depend on how we feel because he is continuing to work in our circumstances. He's continuing to work behind the scenes. He's continuing to work in all that's going on. Even in these uncertain times, he is still working. You see, when we feel like everything is uncertain, when the mountains might as well crash in the sea, the first thing we do remember is that our protection is not in better circumstances or in avoiding the problems, or in anything on this earth. Instead, our protection is the very present Holy Spirit that lives in us as a believer, and on Jesus on our behalf, which has guaranteed our help and promise that we will make it safety home. You see, we're just passing through in this world, and all the problems that we see is not going to be fixed until Christ comes back. And what a day that will be for us when we consider what a relationship that we have in Christ. That it doesn't depend on our circumstances, but it depends totally on Him. Because if we are honest with ourselves, I'm sure that there have been times during these times that we have looked at our lives and thought to ourselves, what is going on? But God knows exactly what is going on. And He is there with us. He is seeing us through all the different problems that we are going through. I challenge you before we move on to our second point, remember that even though the world seems chaotic, and even though people say the world is coming to an end, remember you have a God that is your protection. And you have a God that is your refuge and strength. And you have a God that is ever present there with you in the good times and the bad times. If we have any kids this morning, I want you to imagine almost like when you play the, the game tag. There's a place that you can go where it's called home. And it's almost like a place where you can't be touched. I want you to imagine that this is what God is to you, that God is with you. Yes, things can happen in your life, things can, problems can come in, but you have a God that you can turn to in these times. You see, I think too many times as adults, we forget about our kids and what they're going through right now. Because they are going through so much as we think of the uncertainties of school and all the different things that are going on. So I would challenge you, if you're watching this morning, kids, that you would go to God and you would talk to him about it. Talk about him, about your feelings, what is going on, because he is your refuge and your strength. The second point is this, God is our pleasure. There's a river whose streams may glad, the city God, the holy habitation of the Most High. That's verse 4. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her in morning dawns. You see, the scene suddenly shifts from raging seas and falling onto a life-given river with sweet streams that make the city of God rejoice. Notice, she will not be moved. 
That she must be the city of God, which means the people in the city rejoice in their safety within the city walls. Because of the presence of God, we will not be moved. Because he is very present, never failing, help in trouble. Our safety and our gladness are secure. You see, when everything else feels like it's impossible to enjoy, and when Satan comes to try to steal our joy, we can raise our eyes and realize we are in the city of God. He is with us. And one day we will be with him face to face in the new heavens and new earth, and nothing can steal this joy. More than that, we know we will wake up the next morning and God will still be with us again. There will be new mercies every morning, mercies that will be enough for that day, and mercies that will not run out a moment too soon. You see, this world is not our home. And so many times we focus on our circumstances, so many times we focus on what we're going through right now, and we think that this is it. But we need to understand that we need not to focus on our circumstances, but we need to run to the everlasting arms of God. A God that is there with us, a God that's going to see us through, a God that is going to help us and bring peace in times like this. Even now in the midst of the chaos in the world, we can have peace like a river. And peace that the world can't understand because we are seeking after God and not focused on our circumstances. This is a time in, in our life as a church that we need to understand that our witness is even stronger than ever. Because there are people out there that are looking for, for answers. There are people that are looking for hope. There are people that are looking for just something to, to grasp onto. And this is a time when we as believers need to show them Jesus Christ and show them how we react because of the hope that we have in Christ. You see, like I said earlier, to me, that's the only thing that we can hold on to in times like this. And I'm sure we've all been there. And it's hard. It's not easy. It's not easy as we go through these times of lockdown right now. And when we know the uncertainty of what's going to happen next. It's hard. But let us not focus on that, but let us find our pleasure in God, that we could have that peace of God and a peace that passes all understanding because of our relationship with Him. The third point is this God is our power. The nations rage, verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters His voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how He has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars and seas to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear, and he burns the chariots with fire. You see, God's power is unbelievable. As chaos around us, or if you take in the context as many scholars believe, the nation surrounded by God's people, and all the kingdoms are ready to raid against God's people, with his voice, the earth can melt. In verse 7, we are reminded that the Lord is with us, no matter what we are going through. God is going to take care of us as it pleases to him. William MacDonald says this, The Lord of hosts is with us. That is the Lord of the armies of heaven. But he is also the God of Jacob. Now Jacob means cheat or supplanter. Yet God speaks of himself as the God of Jacob. Put those two things together, and you learn that the God of angelic hosts is also the God of the unworthy sinner, the one who is infinitely high, and who is intimately nigh. He is also with you in every step of our way, our unfailing refuge in all the storms of life. 
End quote. You see, everything the psalmist has said so far would, would be in vain if God weren't strong enough to bring it about. And now we see his strength. The entire world rages and totters. Everything conspires against you. The whole power of the cursed world heads in your direction. What are you going to do? He said he utters his voice, and the earth melts before him. The God of hosts, the God who fights on our behalf, is with us and as our, as our fortress. And all he has to do is speak to win the battle. Think of how powerful his voice is. As we think of him, the disciples in the boat, as he changes everything with three words, peace, be still. Yes, that's the same God that we serve today. That's the same God that we have relationship today, the same God that we can trust, even in these uncertain times, the same God that brings peace. He is all-powerful. To prove his power, all we have to do is look throughout the history, and we see all that he has done throughout history. We see that even in the times of war where he has brought peace. And I know that as I started off and we talked about 2020, we, we say that this has never been a time like this. This has got to be the worst time we've ever been through. Well, let me talk to you about what happened if someone was born in 1900. As we think of someone born in 1900 in the United States, this is what they saw and this is what they experienced. On your 14th birthday, World War I starts and ends on your 18th birthday. 22 million people perish in that war. Later in the year, a Spanish flu epidemic hits the planet and runs until your 20th birthday. 50 million people die from it in those two years. Yes, 50 million. On your 29th birthday, the Great Depression begins. Unemployment hits 25%. The world GDP drops 27%. That runs until you are 33. The country nearly collapses along with the world economy. When you turn 39, World War II starts, and you aren't even over the hill yet. And don't try to catch your breath. On your 41st birthday, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. Between your 39th and 45th birthday, 75 million perish in the war. Smallpox was an epidemic until you were in your 40s, as it killed 300 million people during your lifetime. At 50, the Korean War starts. Five million people perish. From your birth until you were 55, you dealt with the fear of polio epidemics each year. You've experienced friends and family contracting polio and being paralyzed or dying. At 55, the Vietnam War begins and doesn't end for 20 years. Four million people perish in that conflict. During the Cold War, you lived each day with the fear of nuclear Annihilation. On your 62nd birthday, you have Cuban Missile Crisis, a tipping point in the Cold War. Life on our planet as we know it is almost ended. And when you turn 75, the Vietnam War finally ends. You see, these aren't times that are catching God by surprise. These aren't times where we feel like we're just going through, and it's probably been about five months. And yes, I know it has felt like a long five to six months. 
But we need to recognize that we have a God who is all-powerful, a God that can change everything, a God that, as we look through the history of time, we see all of this has happened before. People have gone through these times. People have gone through difficult times. But God has revealed himself over and over again how powerful he is. And when we let God work his power in our lives, we can make a difference as people look at our lives and see Christ in us and see that we do have that peace. Which brings us to the last point. God's purpose. Psalm 46.10 and 11 says this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. You see, God's purpose is always to bring him glory. Not for us to understand, but for his glory to be seen. And I know that as we think of these lockdowns, they have affected all of us in different ways. But one thing I can say is this, that I have been thankful as I think of the first lockdown is this. It gives us a time to just remove ourselves from all distractions. It's helped us to really look at verse 10 and say this, be still and know that I am God. Because sometimes we just need to be still. Sometimes we need to not let the distractions of life dictate to us the exact type of person we are. But we need to recognize that as we think of that verse, it says, be still and know that I am God, that we would recognize that he is God and we are not. You see, sometimes I think we feel that we can control things. But sometimes God needs to take us down and say, you know what? No, no, I got this. I got you. I'm going to help you through these times. So what do we do? We need to stop. We need to become still. We need to pray. We need to ask for help. We need to remember that he is God and we are not. And we trust him to be our mighty fortress and to bring new mercies and to work his power on our behalf, whatever it takes. I challenge you as, as I think of how can we apply this. I want to ask you, have you used this time wisely? Have you used this time to spend with God and ask him, God, what are you trying to teach me? How am I supposed to grow in these times? What am I supposed to do? And this is what he is telling us. Be still and know that I am God. I am with you. Depend on him. Turn to him. Let him guide you. And yes, I know that it's hard. I know that, again, in the uncertainties of, of people losing their jobs and different things like that, I know it's difficult. But remember that he is God. He's in control. It catches him by no surprise what you're going through. Charles Spurgeon in the Treasury of David wrote this. Psalm 46 inspired the great reformer Martin Luther to write his triumphant hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Luther faced numerous dangers and threats on his life from the Pope and his forces. At one point, he spent 11 months in hiding in Watberg Castle. In the face of opposition, excommunication, and pressure from every side to back down, he stood firmly for the truth of salvation. 
by grace through faith alone. When he had occasion to fear or grow discouraged, he would say to his friend, co-worker Philip, Come, Philip, let us sing the 46th Psalm. And they would lift their voices. A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. You see, Luther wrote, We sing this psalm to the praise of God, because God is with us, and powerfully and miraculously preserves and defends his church and his word against all fanatical spirits, against the gates of hell, against hatred of the devil, and against the, all the souls of the world, the flesh and sin. You see, just as Luther went through these times of trouble, as we could be reminded, let us remember this this morning, that we have a mighty fortress. We have a refuge that we can go to. And as we think of it, it says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let us remember that we do not deserve anything. We don't deserve anything. But it's only by the grace of God that we can have the hope that we have in, in, in a relationship with Him. And I hope that as we go through these times, that we would remember this and that we would truly put Christ first in all that we do. And as we consider this, we need to ask ourselves as the church, as a believer, what are we going to do in these times? How are we going to help people in need? How are we going to help our brothers and sisters? How are we going to point them to a relationship with Christ? You see, I think, again, as I said earlier, I think that these are times for us, again, as believers, to just sit back, relax, and listen to God's voice. Because the distractions are gone. There are many of us who aren't allowed to work. We're home. And I know that a lot of us will try to do different projects around the house and do all that, but let us not spend so much time doing that. But let us truly spend time with God and His Word and ask God, what is it you're trying to teach me in this time? And that we would truly be like Martin Luther and say that He is our mighty fortress in these times of trouble, that He is with us. And we know His Word promises He will never leave us or forsake us. And so, as we close, again, as a part of application, maybe this afternoon, just get alone with God and say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What do I need to do? And you know what? Maybe for some of us, we need to ask God for forgiveness because we've complained We've had all these different things that we've thought about. But let us just spend time with him. Say, God, what is it that you want me to learn? What is it that you want me to do? And next week as, as I, I come back, I, I want us to look at how we as a church need to pray. And we need to pray for all of all, during these times, that we need to be united in prayer. Because I think that that's what we need most. We need to sit back, stop what we're doing, and be still and know that he is God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your word. That is true. And Father, it is convicting. Um, Father, as we read your word, and, and Father, I know that and we're all honest with ourselves. It's probably been a time when we've complained during these times that we haven't... Um, been thankful that we haven't um, just 
been real with you, that we've allowed ourselves to just complain and fall into to wondering what's going on, and that we have just lost track of or just trusting you and know that you are the God that is in control. And Father, we thank you. We thank you for the relationship that we have in you. Thank you that you sent your son to die for us and pay the price for our sin as we heard earlier. Jesus paid it all. He paid the debt that I owe. And I thank you, Father, because only he could pay that debt. And Father, I pray. Pray for our country. Father, I pray for our leaders. I pray that you give them wisdom. Father, I pray that you help them to, 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 tr to trust in you, that they would seek after you, that you would help them to hear from you, that they would be willing to, to just put away themselves and just trust in you and, and, and just seek after you. Father, we pray for those that are affected by the virus. Father, we pray that you would touch them, that you would heal them, that you would just cleanse this nation. Father, we also pray that you would cleanse this nation from, from sin, that you would help us as a people, that we would turn to you, that you would help us to trust in you, Father, that we would look for opportunities to tell others about you. And Father, I pray that you, as we know you will, you will get all honor, glory, and praise in these times, Father, and that we would be ready to thank you. And Father, we pray for us as, as believers that we would be an answer, that we would tell others about you, that we would show the peace that passes all understanding. Father, we pray that many would come to know you, and we just thank you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.